This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. If someone asks about your story, how would you express it? If you're a person of faith, how has Jesus' presence affected your life story? What is your God story? Please stay with us as Pastor Lee Lavig leads us in our message, Every Saint Has a Story. Each person has their own unique life story. And where our lives cross with the presence and power of God in Jesus Christ, it becomes a faith story, a God story. Every saint of God has a story to tell. What is yours? Would you pray with me? Dear Lord God, In our worship together today, may the name of Jesus be lifted up. May our minds and hearts be open to your word. May your Holy Spirit ignite faith in our hearts so that in our love for you, we're willing and eager to share our faith with others. In Jesus' name, amen.
Today's scripture reading is in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Dear friends, an old Jewish rabbi once said, God made man because he loves stories. Your life crosses with God's love, and there's a story to tell. Your life story that places faith in Jesus Christ becomes a God story. This passage in Hebrews 12 talks about the Christian journey as a race run with our eyes fixed on Jesus and the need to persevere in life. But it also speaks of Jesus as the author of our faith. You are God's saint with the Holy Spirit living within you, and you, by faith, have a story to tell. Here's a God story from years ago. It was 1945, World War II had drawn to a close, and a young German soldier sat broken inside a prison of war camp in Scotland. He had been a reluctant soldier in Hitler's army, and here inside a prison he had months to contemplate what had been and what was to come. The cities of his homeland, now reduced to rubble, the people there impoverished, his sleep was haunted by nightmares of the terrors of warfare. Then, in his prison barracks, someone put up pictures of the reality of the concentration camps in Dachau, Belsen, and Auschwitz, and the truth filtered into his awareness. He saw faces of Nazi victims, was this what he had fought for? Had my generation, as the last, been driven to our deaths so that the concentration camp murders could go on killing and Hitler could live a few months longer? Because of his depression and his awareness of wartime destruction and his continued captivity, this soldier lived in a dark cloud of shame and disgrace. That was the hardest thing dark despair that had a stranglehold which choked him. A visiting chaplain gave this young German soldier a Bible, and with little else to do he began reading it. In the Lament Psalms he heard resonant voices, the agony of people who felt God had abandoned him, and in the story of Christ crucified he encountered a God who knew what it was to experience suffering, abandonment, and shame. Feeling utterly forsaken himself, the German soldier found a friend in the one who from the cross had cried, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then in 1947, he was given permission to attend a Christian conference that brought together young people from across the world. The Dutch participants asked to meet with the German POWs who had fought in the Netherlands. This young soldier was one of them. 
He went to the meeting full of fear, guilt, and shame, and feelings intensified as the Dutch Christians spoke of the pain Hitler and his allies had inflicted, of the dread the Gestapo had bred into their hearts, and of the family and friends they'd lost, and the disruption and damage to their communities. Yet, the Dutch Christians didn't speak out of a spirit of vindictiveness, but came to offer forgiveness. It was completely unexpected. They embodied the love the German soldier had read about in the story of Christ, and it turned his life upside down. He discovered, despite all that had passed, that God looked on us with shining eyes of his eternal joy, and that there was hope for the future. That young German soldier was Jorgen Moltmann, who would go on to become one of the greatest Christian theologians of the 20th century. Years later, with the message of the loving crucified God still indelibly printed on his heart, he penned these beautiful words. The ultimate reason for our hope is not to be found at all in what we want, wish for, or wait for. The ultimate reason is that we are wanted and wished for and waited for. What is it that awaits us? Does anything await us at all, or are we alone? There is someone waiting for you, who is hoping for you, who believes in you. We are waited for as the prodigal son in the parable is waited for by his father. We are accepted and received as a mother takes her children into her arms and comforts them. God is our last hope because we are God's first love. You have a story to tell. Every saint has a story to tell. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, 87 times we hear the story retold. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and I'll remember my covenant promise. Everyone is retelling the stories of the redeemed the story of the ten plagues and the exodus and the Red Sea crossing and the pillar of fire and cloud and the supernatural food of manna and the entrance into the promised land. Or in the New Testament, stories of Jesus' miracles and power to free a demoniac from evil spirits or healing a woman with twelve years hemorrhage or the raising of Jairus' daughter or four friends who dig a hole in a roof to bring their friend to Jesus that he might heal him. Blind people receive their sight and all the time people are amazed at what Jesus has done in the story of their lives. And they tell others about him. There's no one like Jesus. Oscar was my father. He was a farm boy raised in the fields of Park River, North Dakota. And when he was in college, he went off to North Dakota State to play football for the Bison. He started as a sophomore for the team. And they went and played in Evanston, Illinois, playing Northwestern University when they were number one in the nation. But he had a conversion where he left a life wandering in his own choices to commit his life to fix his eyes on Jesus and run the race of faith. 
He felt God's Spirit leading him to Augsburg College, then to Luther Seminary, and to a life serving as a pastor of the church. All my life as a boy growing up, I listened to his preaching of the gospel of Jesus, but I also heard his heart pray at our dinner table with family devotions. His faith story ignited my faith story, and that's how it works. You also have a faith story, a before Christ and after coming to faith in Christ life. I find that we're either a prodigal son that has run away from God the Father as if there is no God to find where demons dwell, or we're like the elder brother who stays at home and does all the right things but never realizes the love the Father has for him. How long since you believed? When did your faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord come alive? Hebrews 12 says Jesus is the author of our stories of faith. For many of us, we were baptized as infants and we grew up trusting Christ. For others, faith came alive later in life. And baptism was a profession publicly of the faith that God had given. I remember Ruth Graham, the wife of the great evangelist Billy Graham, saying, When did I trust Jesus? You might as well ask when I first loved my parents. I do not remember ever not loving Jesus. So even if our faith story is one from earliest memories on of trusting Christ, yet there will be people in our journey and life experiences that give depth and color to our faith journey. And it's essential that we be willing to share our God story with other people. There are reasons, perhaps, why we are reluctant to share our love for Jesus with others. In Revelation chapter 2, it has a bold word of the church that was orthodox, that did many good things. But then there's this telling verse, Revelation 2. This I have against you. You have left your first love. You have lost your first love. The question is, if you've fallen far from God's presence, who is to blame? One person wrote, God is like a pigeon in the park. I leisurely throw crumbs of leftover devotion when I feel like it. I not only have lost my first love, I've lost my joy, and God uses my joylessness to snap me out of treating him like a hobby that I give time to if I feel like it. I create premeditated alibis to rationalize why I'm too busy to trust God or pray to him or walk with him or worship him in a way that would cultivate intimacy. Have you lost your first love? Do you remember that verse in the children's song, Jesus Loves Me? It's a later verse that many don't remember. It says, I love Jesus. Does he know? Have I ever told him so? Jesus loves to hear me say that I love him every day. So if you've lost your first love, I have three words to help rekindle the faith and hope within your heart 
and your passion for Jesus. First is, remember whose you are. Remember that you are child of God. Jesus has made you his own. So I implore you to seek God's face like a farmer that would chase the harvest, like a hunter who would pursue a deer, like a lover longing to connect. Remember what Jesus has done for you. It says in Psalm 73, there's nothing I desire besides you. The second word is repent. Change your mind. Reorient the whole of your life to allow space for God's Spirit in the center of your being. Reorder your priorities so that Jesus becomes the central heartbeat of life. When we drift out of touch with the Lord, we leave paradise for the wilderness. Beg for God's mercy for your ambivalence. As it says in Hebrews 12, throw off the sin, get rid of every encumbrance, fix your eyes on Jesus. And that's the third word to suggest. Remember, repent, and return. He's waiting for you in love. Come home to the fresh fire of his love. Dive into the fountain of grace. Drink deeply of his love which has never stopped flowing. In Hebrews 4 it says, In the name of Jesus we boldly come to the throne of grace and receive mercy and help in our time of need. And this too becomes part of your faith story. Fall in love with Jesus all over again. Why is it important that we all share our God stories? I've visited prisons in Iowa several times. You know, I can preach as eloquently as I know how to tell the story of Christ. But if a former prisoner comes back to the prison and shares his faith story, the truth that he now has a good job, he's married, has a family, he's living clean of drugs and booze, he's worshiping the Lord week by week, and he's experienced the power of transformation, the story of a, of a restored life. The men in prison listening experience a renewed hope. The logic is, if God could change that man, and resurrect him to a new beginning, maybe God can hear my prayer. Maybe God's Spirit can raise me up and transform me to give me a new beginning. I've seen Jesus' love set people free from their addictions and give them new habits and new hope. I've seen Jesus' grace and love give hope to people who have recently gone through painful divorce, who then realize in the forgiveness of Christ that life is not over and God can open up a new future. I've seen the love of Jesus heal the deep grief of someone who has laid to rest a precious loved one. I've seen the love of Jesus give courage and strength to people who are seeking to persevere in troubles and come through on the other side. And I've seen the grace and forgiveness of Jesus 
call a rogue, immoral man out of his life of sin. He who sat belly up to the bar night after night, whose marriage and family were going to fall apart, who was in danger of losing his job, said to me, I've always believed, but now I have repented of my sins. I've asked Jesus to be in the center. His grace has changed me. I've surrendered. When we tell our story, there are three powerful impacts. One, it deepens our own connection with Christ, and it affirms the faith that we confess. Two, it reveals the character of God, how the power of God works in people's lives. And three, when we share our story with others, how Jesus has blessed our lives, the Spirit uses it to ignite faith in the hearts of those who hear it. Can I get a witness? What's your God story? Dare you believe that if you share it with others, God can help them fall in love with Christ too? We have a story to tell because Christ is the hope of the world. Amen.
Let's pray together. Dear Lord, in this month of saints and thanksgiving, it is an awesome truth that in Jesus Christ's death on the cross and resurrection, you have made us your own, that we belong to you, that we are forgiven, that your spirit lives within us. We are your people, your saints. Help us to find ways to share our faith story with others, that they too may join us in praising you always. In the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Hear this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message and music have blessed your life and you feel led to boldly share your God story with others so they may also fall in love with Christ. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of those who have been helped by its message and want to join in our mission to reach others with the good news of the gospel. We are especially grateful for our Gift Every Month Gem Club members. For your convenience, we are able to take Visa, MasterCard, and Discover donations by phone, mail, or on our secure website. Your support allows us to deliver biblical truths to those who cannot attend church and others who desire to hear the Word of God. Audio and printed versions of today's service can be found on our website. Visit us anytime at christiancrusaders.org. Our mailing address is Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Or you can call us toll-free at 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday. Conducting the program was our associate speaker, Reverend Lee Lavig, pastor of Faith Lutheran Church, Spencer, Iowa. Christian Crusaders is now in its 84th year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.